It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia from the Tasty Cake Studios. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Brandon Lee Gowton, there we go. I couldn't hear myself in my ears. I'm talking, I'm like, is anybody hearing this? <laughs> smooth intro. Brandon Lee Gowton, yeah. Trey Thomas. I only do smooth intros, Brandon. That's yeah, I think how you I did roll. the intro wrong. I was James. waiting for something yeah. totally different. Can we start over? Yeah, yeah Lee, what happened? Oh, I can't do the... the, the <laughs> I, I can give you one. Yeah. What's going on, Furcon, Corkmaz <laughs> Nation, baby? <laughs> That's not the normal intro either, but I like that one a lot. Let's yeah. go with that. It's... Trey Thomas, Brandon Lee Gout, and James Seltzer coming your way with BGN Radio. Maybe a little bit later, BLG. We'll get into a little, little Sixers talk, a little Firkin talk, the man who dropped 40. Uh, again, BGN Radio coming your way. We want to dive into some Eagles stuff. It's been, obviously, a lot of Sixers, a lot of Phillies talk. Shout out to the first place Philadelphia Phillies, no less. Yes, sir. Leading off, coming your way later. Phillies Pirates at 4 o'clock on WIP. We'll, we'll get some Phillies talk in later, too, but... Let's start it off with, let's be honest, the team that matters the most because the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles are still the team of this town. And look, America's team. You're damn right they are. (laughs) They they are. You know what? Screw that. We are America's team right now. Yeah. But we, if anybody is, it is the Philadelphia Eagles. But we've talked a lot. Look, we've gone through the offseason training regimens, the OTAs, the training, the mandatory minicamp, all that stuff. Uh, luckily, as we've discussed, come out of it without many injury issues. Paul Werlow, really the real you know, major injury other than that looking good. But we haven't dove in a lot. We've talked a ton about the excitement, the positivity, and I feel like it's been such a strange offseason because obviously it's brand new to all of us. You know, this whole being the Super Bowl champion thing and You know, we didn't care as much about the draft. We weren't as locked in as normal, all that type of stuff. But we've talked a lot about the positivity and with good reason. There, there is a, this is a real chance, a team that is really uniquely set up for a repeat run, but there are a few things that can concern you right now about this team. And I feel like we haven't dove into that nearly enough here. So I want to look at some of the sneaky concerns and later on, maybe we'll flip it around and look at some of the things that people might be concerned about, but shouldn't be, but 
there are a few little things that heading into the season, heading into training camp, starting with July 25th, right, BLG? Yep, We're getting close. It's almost training camp, which is insane because it feels like – I still can't believe the Super Bowl is five months ago because it feels like it was yesterday. It's all so vivid, but – there are still some sneaky concerns with this team, BLG. You're covering the team every day, BleedingGreenNation.com, editor-in-chief. You see all the talk around this team, what people are excited about, what people are slightly worried about, and a lot of worry out there. But what is something that you have not seen enough people have a little consternation about? I think when you think about why this Eagles team got to the Super Bowl last year, one of the biggest reasons they had success, they generated the most pressure of any team in the league. Why? Because their defensive line was awesome. It was great. And not only was it great, but they also had a lot of depth on that defensive line. And now when you're having Brandon Graham here, and we don't know exactly when he'll be back, he's hoping to be ready for week one. He said he's ahead of schedule. We'll see. Tim Jernigan could miss at least the first half. I think it's very likely that he ends up on the PUP, the NFI list, either way. That means he's going to miss the at first the least um, the first six games or so. Those are two major contributors on this defensive line. And look, it's not like the Eagles don't have guys who can step up. And then again, to add into that injury thing, I mean, Haloti Nada missed the whole spring. I don't know. We we don't know exactly why he could easily be fine for training camp. But still, I just see all those injuries associated with the defensive line. And I'm not worried that they're not going to be able to field a starting unit. Clearly, they are. They have Michael Bennett. They have Fletcher Cox. They have Derek Barnett, Chris Long. That's great. But part of what made this unit special is they had that very deep depth, that big rotation of guys. And if guys like Jernigan and if guys like Brandon Graham are going to miss some time here, that hurts that. And I think that hurts the team overall in a big way. Yeah. Look, I think you could argue that, you know, outside of the quarterback position, the defensive line, potentially the biggest reason they won the Super Bowl last year. When you look at the whole season in its entirety, of course, the other line as well as Trey, I'm sure would argue a, a huge role as well, but Trey, what about you? And we'll get back to the defensive line stuff because there's some real interesting thoughts in there. Mm-hmm. What's something sticking out to you right now that that's a sneaky concern people aren't talking about? It about? Um, I think the, st- the sneaky concern for me is kind of the left guard, you know, just seeing where uh, with Snooski and how J- he and Jason Peters are going to jail coming back into this season. Um, you know, uh, that was one of those positions where you had a lot of rotation. Yeah. With, uh, you know, which is weird, right? Yeah, you had a little <laughs> rotation going on um, out there, uh, it, just trying to find that right combination. Um, also, just seeing how when Jason Peter comes back, because, you know, he's coming back off of that knee injury. Uh, you know, it, I, I felt like just watching the film and seeing that injury that it was because of the way Wisniewski was playing. Really? Where, That's you know, yeah, it was. I've not he, heard that. Well, he threw his guy into Jason Peter's knee. You know <laughs> well, what I mean? So Why would he do that? Well, Literally yeah. because <laughs> yeah, of Yeah, because he, he was the way he blocks. You know, he's a grabber and he likes to throw his guys around. Well, you know, that could create problems. You know, if you have a tackle and you guys are on different levels and he threw his guy into Jason Peter's, which blew his knee out. Well, <laughs> now I need to make see how just the comfortable how J, how comfortable Jason Peters is going to come back working with him in the game getting that preseason work in to seeing how he changes his game is he going to be more of a puncher to kind of keep that from happening again and uh, you know it's all going to be about protecting the quarterback because now you are the side that's protecting um, the backside Winston, yeah. yeah well because Winston's left knee. To sure. Yeah, so that's where a lot of the pressure is going to be coming from, and that's where we need to be stout. So just to elaborate on that, Trey, yes. as someone who you know played over a decade in the league as a left tackle, mm-hmm. how important is it 
the connection with the guy next to you on the line. We know all about the the cohesiveness and how important it is for a line to all be working in unison, but specifically that tandem, the guard tackle tandem. Yeah. How important is it? The guy on your side that you guys are are not just on the same page, but that you play the same type of football. Well, it makes everything a lot easier. If I know that me and my guard should be able to communicate without having to talk because we know where that person is going to be. He, you know, with Todd, I could just, give a quick little something and he would know, pick it up. Like, all right, here comes the game or something. Or we always were in a good position where he was a little bit firmer on the line. I was a little bit behind him and made switching off blocks a lot easier because he knew I was going to be setting vertical. He would be at a 45. So we were always in good position where it was trying to switch games off. Um, Sometimes Steph jumps, sometimes Jason Peter jumps. So if you have two guys that are even on the line, then now that creates a little mismatch where it makes it a little harder to switch things off. So you have to be on the same page. Uh, you, you can see even now when you switch over on the other side with uh, with Brooks and uh, and Lane, you know, they, are, they, they have really come together really well over these past couple of years. And I think that that's definitely put them both at that Pro Bowl level just because of how much they trust each other out there on the field. It's a great point. Yeah. And, and I think it's crucial. And it's interesting to think about how well Big V and Wiz work together yeah. and whether – you know, and Peter's obviously a better player than Big V, but but a different type of player. So that's an interesting yeah. comparison there. All right, for me, if I'm looking at something that I think is a bit of a sneaky concern, and and I don't think it's going to cripple this team. I don't think it's something where, you know, they can't repeat the success they had last year or anything like that. But I don't think we've talked enough about the loss of Frank Reich and John Filippo. I think that's going to matter a little bit. Uh, you know, the the relationship that those guys had, Frank Reich is the sounding board for Doug Peterson, is someone who'd been through it all, a similar type of, of football career as him, a backup quarterback, you know, trying to get, been in coaching for a long time, someone who's seen a lot of things. And then, of course, DiFilippo with his relationship with Carson. And, and look, I think that Doug and Carson are at a point where I think that they themselves are the reason for their success. So I'm not saying that they can't have success without these guys, but BLG, do you think that we're not maybe giving enough credit to the loss of those two guys? Well, it's so hard to quantify. That's the thing, right? Like, how can we, like, what can we look at? I mean, we can look at the fact that they were good coaches and losing them seems like a bad thing, but we don't know about the replacements. Like, when it comes to assistant coaches like that, it's really hard, I guess, to gauge from Especially that outside perspective. Especially if they're not calling plays or something Especially if they're not calling plays. But that's the good thing about it, of right, course. Because you have dog. Right. Now, if you're losing your play mm-hmm. caller, much bigger deal. Right. But, and you probably would have been able to keep Filippo if he could have called plays here a different yeah, situation possibly. as well. Yeah, So it, it, I think it does. I, it is exactly what we're talking about today. It's a sneaky concern because we don't fully know the whole impact of it yet. I'm sure if the offense takes a step back, we'll be talking about it a lot <laughs> this fall, hopefully, and that's not the case. But... I think it's one of those things, too, where the Eagles' offense was so good last year, they could be due for some regression. I think that might get mixed up in it. It could be like, oh, it's because of this, and maybe it is. But it's kind of one of those things that we, we're we not going to be able to really see what that impact is until it plays out. Yeah. That's that's interesting. But you know what? I don't think it's going to be that much of a problem because when you have the quarterbacks meeting, I'm pretty sure Doug and Press Taylor are going to be on the same page. When it comes to d- delivering information, and also Press Taylor, I, you know I've worked with him when I was, I was on the staff. I was going to ask you right. about that. You knew you were there yeah. on the staff with exactly. him. Exactly. What's he like? I, we we don't know, we know Mike Grow a little bit. We've seen him out on the practice field. We saw what he did with the wide receivers and all that. But 
Press Taylor, all we really know is Philly special guy. Like, you know, it's kind of a, a, a bit of an unknown for us. Well, he's definitely someone that's that's came up in the system, that's been working extremely hard, uh, learning a lot just on the, back, on the back scenes of it and working his way up. And one of those guys that's, you know, he's going about it the right way as a coach. And I think that when you have a young player, that, that a young coach like Press Taylor who's stepping in, that can kind of – have just be the bridge between Doug. I mean, he's not going to say anything that Doug isn't already giving or being able to right. sit in on these meetings. So I think that it's going to work out well with these guys. It's not going to be a big drop-off because it's going to still be with that quarterback position as coming from Doug. Well, just to, to kind of clarify or, or take it a step further, you were obviously on uh, – Andy was your coach for a long time, and and I think that – Look, if the Eagles keep having success, we're going to see the same type of thing here where there's a Doug Peterson coaching tree. Yeah. And and you were on a team where you guys lost coaches because guys got jobs yeah, exactly. because you were having yeah. success. What is that turnover like in the coaching rooms on a, a more macro level? The the every year, the you know, you, the infrastructure changes. It, uh, you're saying you don't think it'll be too big an issue in this case. But what are some of the type of things that can cause problems with that? Yeah, well, when you have. If it's a coach that's coming in that you have absolutely no relationship with, you know, I think right now you have someone like a press that's he's been around the locker room. He's been been out there and practice with you. You you know, you know him. You've seen him. It's not just someone that's just coming fresh off the streets and you have to build this rapport just in the offseason. So. You know, that could be an issue. That could cause a problem if you have a guy that's just coming in fresh off the streets because he, he's coming in with a totally different mindset and might be talking a totally different language than what you're used to. But, you know, um, the Eagles have been extremely fortunate, though, just in, in this re- – and in, I think this is, what, it's the third year? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're going to have those changes, but it hasn't been a lot of overhaul. Yep. You know, Exter- not a lot of external guy. They're, yeah. they're promoting from within. Deuce is still there. Gross yeah. still there. It's a great point. Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. Give us a sneaking concern that you have for the Philadelphia Eagles this year, and we uh, will also take your Sixers and Phillies call and all that if you want to get it as well. Let's start out in West Philly and talk to Eric. Eric, you're on BGN Radio. Yeah, yeah. You know how you guys doing? Um, I want to talk about the Eagles because um, I have a question about the Sixers. Let me go into the Sixers. Don't go to the Eagles. Um, the Sixers haven't did anything in free agency, and I don't think they're going. I don't think they don't get Kawhi Leonard. I think there is a total disappointment right now. And uh, the only thing I can say is Carmelo Anthony will be released soon by the Thunder. Do you think the Sixers have any interest? Because no, not have them. I don't think they'll get Kawhi Leonard. I don't think that's. I, that's, I, don't, I don't think they. I don't know if they'll get Kawhi. I don't think they will either. I mean, it's. I think there's still a chance, but I, I don't need Carmelo here. I mean, look, you know, a guy. Here's the thing. If if you thought that Carmelo could come in and give you some points and and be a, a team guy, I'd be all for it. It's just, Which I mean, look, happen? look, Oklahoma City had to buy him out. I mean, the, the, Oklahoma City is paying him twenty seven million dollars to not play. I, 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 Carmelo's done in my mind. Yep. Yeah. What's your um, Eagles you know, thought? Uh, Eric? The question about the Eagles: the Eagles are the team that's going to be. I'm, I'm kind of scared this year, and the reason why I have some fear about the Eagles this year is because every team in the NFC East have upgraded, like the Rams. You look what the Rams didn't did during the offseason. That's going to be In the problem. NFC, you're saying, not just the NFC. Yeah, yeah, the because, NFC. Uh, if you had talked to Trey, and Trey will agree with this, <laughs> the game is won at the line of scrimmage. Of course. The defensive line, the offensive line. And with those two guys that the Rams has picked up, you got Aaron Donald. Then you turn around and got um, and Dominic and Sue. Yeah. That's going to be a problem. 
Eric, Greg, conspiracy is going to be a problem. Greg Call, let's let's uh, let's take that look. I, I think uh, the Rams certainly the uh, the off season champions of that whole. You know, we did the dream team thing. We know that doesn't always lead to success, but I yeah. think you look at of all the contenders, and and I know Minnesota got Kirk Coupons and all that stuff, Kirk Caviar, but. I think the Rams certainly the team that made the most, um, you know, lavish out there type of moves to to make them a real Super Bowl contender this year. Trey, to, to his point about adding Sue to that defensive line, they they made a lot of moves. Where where are you at with the Rams right now? I mean, we're still going to have to go out there and run the ball and and pass. You know, you know, the thing that's going to make it difficult is because it's going to be a road game for us. And, you know, we're going to be going in silent count. Of course, you know, that always adds a little challenge to the game. But, I mean, am I scared of them? Nah, I think this right. our offensive line is extremely talented. Uh, we've been able to run the ball on everybody. Pass protection has been good, especially as you got – as they continued on later in the season, the pass protection was clean. I, I went back and watched the Super Bowl game. That was the best I've seen this offensive line switch and the offense just with the running backs picking up and everything – I'm not scared of any defensive front that you put out there in front of these guys because I think right now, as they've been rated, this is the best offensive line in the game. And whoever, I don't care who you put out there, I think this this group is athletic enough to hold anybody at bay. Yeah, I'm with you, Trey, in terms of I'm not scared of the Rams. But I think the caller made a really good point. Was it Eric there? (laughs) Eric. Eric made a really good point about just the NFC in general. I agree. I think that is a fair, like, sneaky concern, something that – you're not so much scared that they can't beat all these teams, but it's just the reality that there's a lot of good teams in the NFC yeah. now, and that's a lot of competition for you know only six playoff spots. So that factor is in there. I think you look at the Rams, you look at Minnesota, and again, I think the Eagles can beat those teams. I'm not scared of them, but you have to consider that you know there's going to be some tough games here. They have to play. The Eagles have to play the Saints. In New Orleans, yep. like that's a really tough game yeah. in their home jerseys, and, and of course because yeah. Doug Peterson, Doug with the golf Doug is man, the goat, <laughs> isn't that great? I love I just a, love the coolest it. thing ever. Doug is just like you he know, is the cool. We have the coolest coach in sports. It's unreal. Yeah. Which is which? Thinking about like we you would never say that. We yeah. thought he was a doofus, and this guy is such a badass. It's crazy. He's just like yeah, you know, I'm bored. We won the Super Bowl. I guess we'll just make a bet on this. Yeah. yeah. That's what's up. And then he smoked him. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. great. But I, I think that's the overall point there is that, yes, tougher schedule in terms of, you know, they have to travel to you to go to lunch. Like, there is some more uh, concern when it comes to the opponents and the overall structure of the NSC. I, I couldn't agree more. Go ahead, Trey. I think, too, man. Now, if you want to look at a defensive line that's that to be scared of, you look at our defensive front. Yeah. When you add Moses Brad into the com- conversation, <laughs> let's see how uh, Josh Sweat comes back into the game. Sweat. Yeah, let's get Sweat in there. You know, <laughs> Sweat. BG coming back, Chris Bennett, you know, Barnett. I mean, uh, I mean, you know, you have a athletic defense front. I hope my main concern is the other offensive lines out there in the game because we have one of the nastiest defensive fronts coming back. Yeah. I Also, your point before, and I don't think we talk enough about the athleticism of this Eagles offensive line. I think it might be the most athletic, just purely athletic ability to get to the second level yeah. and take on linebackers. I've never seen an offensive line this athletic, and they're especially that right side with Kelsey Brooks and Lane. Those guys can get anywhere. Yeah, it's unbelievable yeah. watching the speed those guys move with. And another thing too, you have two centers on the offensive line when you're looking at Steph and um, Kelsey. So now you have two centers walking up to the line of scrimmage making calls. 
you know, that really helps you big time. Yeah, from an intelligence perspective, yes. from a seeing blocks, yes. knowing what everyone yes. needs. It's a great point. Yeah. And and I want to dive more into the NFC thing because I think it is it might be, in fact, the sneakiest concern. And and we've not talked about it enough. You look at the AFC, it's the Steelers and the Patriots, and then who knows? Maybe the Jags. They they still play portals though. But then the NFC has a lot of contenders. Yeah. We'll dive into that as well. Plus, take your calls, sneaky concerns on the Eagles, 888-729-9494. Trey Thomas, Brandon Lee Gowton, James Seltzer. It's BGN Radio. We're coming right back. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Come on. Come on. It's BGN Radio. Brandon Lee Gowton, Trey Thomas, James Seltzer coming your way. Talking a little sneaky concerns with your 2018. Sneaky, sneaky. sneaky. That's very good work by you. 2018-2019 Philadelphia Eagles season coming up. We've talked a lot about the positivity, not going negative, just things that we might want to keep an eye on. And coming up in just a little bit, we're going to dive a little deeper into Eric from West Philly's point. He's a little nervous about how good the NFC is. Uh, the, I almost said NFC East because that's what he said. The NFC is. The NFC East, not that good. We'll get into that as well. But let's head back out to the phones. Let's head out to Denver and talk to Patrick. Patrick, you're on WIP. Hey, guys. First time caller. We've been listening for a while. Thanks oh, for having thanks, me. Thanks All for right. making thanks, the call, Patrick. man. We appreciate it. Man, I used to train in I, Denver. Man, I'm actually from Dallas, but I just had to get out. They had too many first-round picks, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. <Yeah>. Nice. <laughs> it was well played. Um. Yeah, so it's great being here and having all the champ gear. Anyway, so I've been catching up on a lot of old podcasts that might be beating a dead horse, but I heard a lot of hot takes from a lot of callers. Um, and this whole Nick Foles is better than Carson Wentz, and like if he starts and Carson's not healthy week one, hopefully not, hopefully he can start. But if he starts winning, do you think that Carson's going to push himself maybe a little too hard and – try to get back out there to be like, hey, he did it, but I can do it. I got us there last year. Like, he's never going to say that because he's a very humble guy. But you know what I'm getting at. Yeah, like, no, but Patrick, I would, go, I would go so far as to say that I think that's already part of Carson's mantra already. I think that's part of what's leading him to be so – I mean, look, he's the type of guy who is going to be aggressive with his rehab no matter what. That's just how he's built, the type of person he is, all that. But I think that there's no question in the back of his mind he's looking at – all the the Nick Foles accolades, the fact that he took, you know, Carson's group, Carson's guys, and went out and won a Super Bowl with those guys, I think it's absolutely already a motivating factor for Wentz. I just hope it continues in a positive factor. I was listening to one pod, and I can't remember who was talking about it, but when he rolls out on his left foot, he's still, you know, nursing it, which is good. And I think it was John that was like, oh, it's good to hear everybody's happy he's running in sandbags. But it's true. Like, he needs to be – I just, you know – I think he's really good, and it's not nothing against Nick. He did it, put up the, you know, whatever you want to put up in Philly for him, a statue. It's great. He's going to be a hero forever. But, like, Carson is the future. And, like, anybody's just kidding themselves if they don't think we can go back and at least get a couple more rings before he's done. Oh, like, Patrick. I would be fine with three. Couldn't like, I, I would, too. <laughs> yeah, that'd be all right. That'd that be all right. But, no, Patrick, I'm not. Eight or nine of them. No, Patrick, I'm with you. First yeah, of all. But it's not like a total bust this season if he doesn't go back. Totally. That's fine. Patrick. back to, like, deep in the playoffs. We're cool. I'm cool with don't that. Start like, I don't start settling. To come in. Yeah, I'm not settling. I just, I don't need, like, I don't need to be mad in Carson Wentz where I'm winning, like, every bowl. I just need, like. Yes, just, I do. I just, he's going to be good. Patrick. <laughs> I, I just. 
You know what I'm saying. Though. I know. Oh, I know. I, I, hey, Patrick, is hard to please. I know exactly yeah, no, what you're saying. Thank I want you them to the, win every Super Bowl. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you. We really appreciate you listening <laughs> yeah, and calling. Really, thank you. Call again, man. Great call. And and thank you for listening to the podcast. Yes. Yeah, clearly listen to the podcast, not just the radio show. BGN extra, underscore extra radio on Twitter. And uh, yeah, definitely going back and listen to old pods. And look, uh, I think we'll just start by saying Nick Foles is not better than Carson Wentz. That's something that none of the three of us have ever said nor ever believed. But I, I think he makes a great point. Look, Nick Foles is a hero in yes. this city and will be forever until yes. until the day all of us die. Nick Foles will be our hero and deserves to be our hero. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Carson Wentz is the future of this franchise. Yeah. And and Trey, he's a really bright future. Yes, he is. He is. I, I just don't want fans to start settling. Where it's like, oh, you know what, man? If we, we don't, don't need make it, it this year. We just want it. No biggie. No, I want to win every year now. This team right now has break broken the spell. I want to go deep into the playoffs, be at the Super Bowl every year because this team has the talent to do so. And they have the coaching staff that can get them there. And you have Lurie that's ready to party every time you guys bring one home. So I, I just really feel that. And right now, man, I mean, Nick Foles, you go back and you watch that Super Bowl game, man, and he had a magical He was night. amazing. I mean, you know. Yep. Dimes. He it was, was unbelievable. They're playing out of his mind. I thought Doug did an excellent job of putting him in position to make plays, and Nick Foles took advantage of it. Yep. He comes back, puts out his book. His book right now is uh, on the New York Times Whoa. bestselling list. I mean, so this team just – everything positive is going on, and I just expect for them to be at the Super Bowl every year. I don't think you have to worry, Trey, about people settling the day after the Eagles lose a playoff game here on the station, the calls the on the station. they lose a regular yeah. season oh, we'll game. be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. week no. one, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, first of all, where were we? I totally lost where we were. Nick where Foles, were we? Carson Wentz. Okay, yeah. Nick Foles, yeah. Uh, okay. So a lot of people keep saying that. A lot of people keep saying, like, oh, is Carson rushing back? I mean, I don't think he's rushing back because of that. Like, again, like you said, he just wants to play week one no yeah. matter what. No matter no matter if Joe Callahan was his backup. And he's a worker. It's just in his it nature. Is who he is. He's a gladiator. I, he's a leader. He yep. is. He is I, a leader. Now, I, now, if you were thinking about hypotheticals, if you were to do an anti-Chip Kelly and deal in hypotheticals for That's a second there. Hi- That's why I don't deal in hypotheticals. And <laughs> think about... What if Nick Foles like did start a couple games and was really playing really well? It would kind of put the Eagles in let's a weird say situation. Let's say, let's say let's say they they say Carson, take your time. Nick's here, and four weeks. Let's say it's a month of the season, and Carson right. is theoretically close to ready, ready, whatever. But they're four zero, and Nick's playing great. What what's the situation then? To me, it's not complicated at all. I it's agree. When Carson wants his it's healthy, he plays. Yeah, it's his team. Period. And that's going to be week one, which I think makes all of this moot right now. But I'm just saying, if that happened, then you would like conversation would start happening. We'd see. I mean, PFT Mike Furio has already been like hinting mm-hmm. at this. He like, he's these guys are like rooting for it. He wants it to happen, so he can like, oh, should they start Carson Wentz or Nick Foles? Oh, I know. I really just hope we don't even get close to that. So I have a question. Because Ooh. this is going to be interesting. So say if we have this situation where Carson is, I mean, Nick Foles is four and zero. Yeah. And it's the fifth game. I can't. I don't even have our schedule right now in front of me. But Carson gets, comes out. If Vikings has, game. I was about to say, I think it's a Vikings right, game. So now, if it's the Vikings game and he has a awful first half, but we're still in it and could possibly <laughs> win the game. Do they bring do Nick in? Do you pull oh, Nick no! in to finish to oh, bring no! it in? Nope. No, yeah, I, think, I think you just commit but to But now tell me this. Do, do you think that Carson 
would say, you know what? I'm not feeling it, Nick. Bring it home no, for me. No, no way. No. You're, and, no. You should competitive. There's no way you do that. No, no, you know. He's like, I'm going to get him in the second half. I'm yeah, going to do so I much can better. do it. Yeah. I can do it. Like, it's a really interesting hypothetical <laughs> yeah. to bring up. Though. But it's like, at that point, like the toothpaste is out of the tube. Like, you benched Carson Wentz. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that would be the story at that point. Like, the, if, if Nick Foles starts the season, they're not benching Carson Wentz. You know, like, he's just not ready. But if they actually bench him, then that's a whole thing. And, ooh. Let's, yeah. let's hope we never get to that. No, point. I don't think so. <laughs> and, and though to your point, Trey, though that was, and I've rewatched the Super Bowl a couple times, but I rewatched it when it was on the other night. You know, like the whole Marks and Reese show did, and all that stuff. Um, and that again, every time I watch it, my biggest takeaway is: is Nick Foles had an amazing for yeah. any quarterback? I mean, he's the defenders are converging. It's like three defenders on the ball, and some of the balls sliding right past all their fingers. I yeah. mean, the Corey Clement throw is one of the great throws in Alshon a big spot too. we'll ever see. The Alshon throw and catch yeah. the whole. It, it, it was not a fluke. It was not whatever you want to call it. Like Nick Foles was amazing. Even he even quiet some of the criticism of he not being able to be mobile he in the was. pocket. He was, yeah, he was moving around. Pocket he mobility. showed all of that in that game, and I, you know, it was just an amazing time to go back and watch it. You know, I really enjoyed it. Me too. I, I every time I watch it, I just it makes me happy, which is so cool. Let's head out to Northern Liberties and talk to Ben. Ben, you're on WIP. Hey, how's it going, guys? All What's right, up, Ben. So I'm a little bit nervous uh, talking off the edge here about um, we got a lot of big guys coming back from some major injuries, and there's a phone book list of quarterbacks that have not performed after, like, getting their ACL blown out. And, like, you know, even Donovan McNabb just wasn't as dynamic. So, like, can you guys help me ease my mind here about this? Uh, yes, Carson I can. Coming back? I can. I've Car- seen him throw the ball 70 yards, but I, I haven't seen too much of him running the, around. The big difference with a lot of those ACL injuries where guys kind of were never the same they weren't 24 years old yeah. and they weren't an elite, elite physical wow. specimen. And that's not even mentioning the, the mental part of it where this guy is a workhorse and he is going to do his rehab as intensely and aggressively as anyone possibly could. I understand the general thought to be worried about him coming back and being the same guy. But I think in this particular situation, based on his age, his physical gifts, the type of person he is mentally, I, I really, that is not something I'm, I'm really that worried about. Okay. What about the, uh, what about the other guys? You know, we got, uh, Peter's coming back from the injury too. Now that's really, a, that, yeah, Trey, good. that's an interesting question, uh, Ben, because look, I mean, he's a physical freak. We've seen him come back from two Achilles tears, which is just people don't do that. Yeah. I'm never yeah, going to, I'm never going to doubt the guy, but he's what? 36 and coming back yeah. from a, a bad ACL tear. Trey, how hard is that? It, it's tough, but I mean, I went out there and I watched a couple practices with him and man, he's moving pretty good. Yeah. You know, I mean, Jason Peters is, um, an extremely athletic human being. I've never seen someone that size be able to move the way he can. And, um, he, he's going to be ready. You know, yeah. and he's been pushing himself, getting ready to do his thing. I, you know, because, you know, even though he did walk out of there with the trophy and all these guys that were injured, they all got their rings. But they want to be the ones that actually play in that game. And you know that that's what a lot of their uh, motivation is, is to make sure that they're right so that they can uh, have a chance to step out there on that field when they repeat. Thanks for the call, Ben. Great call. And, and I think, Trey, I think that is – I think that is going to be the rallying cry yeah. for this team. Look, Doug Peterson has said it like 10 times already. Yeah. He just keeps saying it's about those guys. The new it's norm. About, it, and also, but about, it's about Wentz. It's about yeah. Peters. It's about the guys who weren't there with us on the field to win it. This is for those guys. Yeah. I really believe that is that Doug Peterson is already laying the groundwork. Yeah. yeah. That is going to be a rallying cry for this football team all season long. Win it for Carson. 
Win it for Peters. Win it for Maragos. Sproles. Win it for Sproles. Win it for Hicks. I, I really believe that. And look, we <laughs> Win know, it for Maragos. We know, a, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's a captain I know, of the no, team, I get though. it, but it's damn, like, no, he doesn't, imagine he doesn't, that being a, like the yeah. total rally. <laughs> guy. have got to win it for Chris but, Maragos. But, I, but, but it will be. That's, <laughs> the, that's the thing. He'll be in there because he's a leader of the team. I mean, Brandon, do you get that impression that that's already being set up as as the, you know, last year we had the underdog thing. We had the loving locker room. I feel like this year the motivation or at least one of the core motivations for this team to to want to do it again is is for those guys. Yeah, I know we're going to talk about some overblown concerns here. That that was my overblown concern, the idea of complacency. Now, I don't think a lot of people are saying that here because we get the injury or injured reserve thing, but I think in the general sense, people think about, oh, man, getting to the Super Bowl, guys get paid, you know, they reach the pinnacle. It's like, can they really get back? Do you have that same motivation? And to me, when... You have all of those guys, and not just only being good players, but the leaders of the team. Yeah. Well, that's the biggest thing. Like you just said, Marigos, special teams captain. It's Jason all the leaders. Peters, it's all offensive of them. captain. Carson Wentz. Wentz, quarterback of the team, and another offensive captain. Jordan Hicks, a defensive leader, calls yeah. the plays yes. when he's yeah. quarterback yeah. of the defense. You could say, like, there's just having all those guys in those positions where you know their their voice is being heard in that locker room and they're going to be controlling the message in there it's not just like these guys who are also good but they're not really you know speaking up they don't have that vocal role i think that matters a lot and i think that's a reason why this team is uniquely qualified to repeat because you look at all these teams in the nfl they win the super bowl they have that success they can't get back. It hasn't happened since when, James? You know what it is. The last time a team yes, re- repeat a Super it's was the Patriots. Yeah, and then what, before or, that was the Broncos. It was yeah. the Patriots in 04, 05, or 03, 04, 03, 04. Really hard to do. And then the yeah. time before that was 97, 98 for the Broncos. It doesn't happen often. It's really hard. Especially, I mean, the Patriots are the only team that's done it since a salary cap has been implemented in the NFL. Yeah. And we all know the dominance. What, Whatever else we want to say, and, and, you know, screw the Patriots and all that. But, I mean, the dude has averaged over 12 games won a year for his entire career in Bill Belichick in New England. So they're doing yeah. something right. They're the only team in the history of salary cap era football to repeat. Yeah. And I think when you have the, the leaders on the team that, that have gone and won, it helps when it comes to the mentoring, the young guys, and also keeping the team together because you know what it's going to take to, to make that long stretch to get into the playoffs. And also you understand how to, to pace yourself out through the season. And well, now, you know, Pace yourself out through the season and how to prepare through the playoffs and everything so that you're making sure that you're prime and ready to go when it's game time. It's a great point. And again, I really, I think the emphasis on not just the rallying cry for these guys, but the, the these guys being the core leaders of this team, I think it just adds that much extra oomph to that being the rallying cry. It's mm-hmm. win it for our leaders. Win yeah. it for the guys who deserve it. I, I just think there's so much in there. Like you said, Brandon, the, the word that comes to mind is is they're uniquely qualified to try and repeat. And I think that's such an exciting thing. As we talk about sneaking concerns. Words, yeah, yeah un, well, uniquely was the word I was talking about. Talking about uniquely. But um, <laughs> either way, I think it's, 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 it's exciting. And I think it is going to be something we hear all season long. I mentioned it before. Coming up next, I want to dive into the NFC and look at who we're most scared of here in this this sneaky concern is Eric mentioned the Rams. I think a lot of people are talking about the Rams, but I don't think enough people are talking about, like Brandon mentioned, a team like the Saints. Aaron Rodgers is coming back. There are a lot of things to be afraid of in the NFC. We'll get into that, plus your calls, 888-729-9494. Trey Thomas, Brandon Lee Gowton, BG, and Radio. Don't go anywhere.
This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Talking about some sneaky concerns for your Philadelphia Eagles training camp beginning July 25th. I can't believe how soon it is. You're under 20 days. I used to hate training train. camp. I'm sure you did. Oh, uh, God, I used to hate training camp. My, my, my parents just came up and uh, she was just talking to me about, man, you used to. Seems so sad when it was time for Trey. <laughs> Richie said uh, the same thing the other oh day. God. Richie actually said that he and Trey Thomas, Brantley Gowden, James Seltzer, BGN Radio, R- John Richie said to me that he actually, this time of year, like he'll get a little sick to his stomach when he thinks about oh, it, it because so he just gets that feel of like, oh my God, I got to go to camp. I had to go to training camp. And then you had to drive all the way to Lehigh. It was like an hour and a half of torture <laughs> drive to get to Lehigh. And then, you know, you go to these dorms and the bed is four feet off the ground. You can't control you always caught a cold because the room was always too cold. Everything was uphill. You know, we had to take stairs to get to the the dining hall. And, yeah, it just sucked. And Big Red was just not having it. You know, it was, everything was live. All the grass was dead. There was never enough water. Oh, man. Yeah, two I days, it. too, right? Two days, real two Those days. Those don't exist anymore. No, yeah. training camp just yeah, sucked. Yeah, you, you definitely did it at the worst time. Oh, to be, my they God. They were just like. Run you into the ground. Oh, I used to hate it, man. And then we had to weigh yeah, in, so I was yeah, trying to get yeah, there. Yes, yeah. that's that's right. I'm going to air it all out, pull out my little violin. Oh, man, I used to have to go get out there early and weigh in real quick because I had a weight clause. You had to make your oh, weight. Oh, man. Yeah, so we wouldn't eat the day before so we could make weight. And then we go to Wendy's right down the street. <laughs> <laughs> then we had to run 16 half gassers. Oh, man. Oh, it sucked. Training right, camp is awful. Uh-huh. Trey, but good. it's fun now. Yeah, you don't have to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. We're good now. It's yeah. fun to think about now because yeah, now July 25th, yeah. then we can talk Eagles yeah. for real. Yes. But leading up to that, a few sneaky concerns. We focused a lot on the positivity of this team, and, and, and there should be. We really went into the last end of the last segment talking about how they are uniquely qualified to try and repeat among all the teams that have won the Super Bowl in recent memory. So you feel good about that. But there are some things to be concerned about. In just a minute, I want to dive in as, as our first caller of the day, Eric in West Philly mentioned that his concern is the rest of the NFC and how it's gotten better. And it really has. I want to dive into that and see who Trey and Brandon are most afraid of and also who they're not believing the hype that much in the NFC. But first, let's head out to Abington and talk to my good buddy, Tom. Tom. Yo, Jimmy, my name man. How are you, brother? Hey, Trey Thomas, one of the best ever to Please. suit up for the birds. Yeah, what's happening? Mr. Downton Gowton. Hey, <laughs> hey, Tom, I heard you uh, give me a shout-out when I wasn't on air a couple weeks ago. I appreciate that, man. I try to all the time, my he man. He does. Look at Thanks, that. buddy. He's got to make up for the for those that, that just <laughs> ignore poor Brandon. Hey, Jimmy, I will be firing shots back at Todd from, uh, well, wherever he's from ah, as well. I can't wait. I'm already looking forward to it, Tommy. <laughs> all right, so when it comes to that sneaky, I mean, I don't have any major concerns with the Eagles, and I maybe that's a byproduct of well, winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think I that's part know. of it too. I think that's part of the whole. Right. The, it's, it's like sneaky little things, like right. you know, we're not we're not freaking out over them, but hey, that could be an issue. Okay, so if you want a sneaky one, I'd say the injuries. Um, and the most intriguing to me, once aside, of course, would be Sidney Jones. So I'd be curious to see uh, what you say there, Brandon. Uh, if you've been watching the birds, how have you been looking? Look at that. Not only does he say hi to you, but he directs his question to you. Tom, Tom and I are best buds it's now. Beautiful I like thing. It. Um, it's a really good question, Tom. I think it's. Uh, I think Sydney's in an interesting point right now because he had those first couple OTA practices. You're seeing the flashes. You're like, okay, I get this. He's looking good. 
but then he kind of misses the rest of the spring with that hockey injury, the lower body, <laughs> whatever that is. And okay, so apparently it's not a big deal. But the problem is, while he's missing all that time, Devontae Bosby is really stepping up and looking good. He led all of OTAs and minicamp in terms of pass breakups and everything. Like he was making plays on a daily basis. So does that mean Devontae Bosby is locked in as the nickel this season? No, it doesn't because they're still training camp and preseason. But I would say that with Sidney Jones missing some of that time and Bosby looking good, I mean, they're not going to just hand that job over, in my opinion, to Sidney. I mean, he has to get back healthy. He has to show that he is the prospect that this organization thinks he can be. They said they thought he was a top 10 talent last year. He can prove that very much so, but he has to do it. He can't just rely on reputation. Well, thank you, sir. You guys have a good day, Jimmy. I'll see you Tuesday. Tom, can't wait. A pleasure as always. And I think that's a really good sneaky concern. Look, I'm I'm as big a Sidney Jones believer as you're going to find maybe outside of our good buddy, John Barchard. But uh, how could you not be a little worried? Got to prove it, man. Got to step up and prove it. We were all excited about OTAs. Oh, he looks great. And then it's like, oh, where'd he go? I mean, that's an issue, right, Trey? Yeah. Yeah, I mean that. What's the the phrase? The the what number one uh, availability is? Can't there? make the club in the tub. Yeah, well, that's the same idea. Your your yeah. best skill is availability or whatever. Your it best is. availability. Your best ability is availability. Thank you. I knew there was a phrase and I couldn't come up that's with. That's good. All right, let's go to Princeton and talk to my buddy Billy T. Billy T. What's on your mind today? Shell. Great show, you three guys. Trey. Yes. Huge fan. Thank and you. I think your offensive light was. Uh, you guys didn't get enough credit. Anyway. I agree with I, you, okay. Billy. I agree with you. I, I mean, you think about having him and Runyon here for like close to a decade or whatever it was. Yeah. You very rarely see clubs or organizations have that kind of stability on the ends of the line for that long. Absolutely. And Herman didn't get any credit. True. Yep. Yeah. Well, he was a fourth, fourth round draft pick from what? Uh, Western Michigan or something like that. Yeah. But anyway, yep. uh, Right. I, a question for you about Scotland, and I thought it was pretty smart last year when uh, uh, our left tackle went down, and they put Big V over there, and they did not move Lane over and weaken two spots. And I think Big V acquitted himself very well. Yes. What does Scotland do in his uh, in his teaching technique that gets these guys ready like he does? Uh, well, you know what? It also, too, it helps also that you have a Hall of Fame left tackle that's that's sitting out, that's that's helping show you the ropes. But I think what Coach Stalin does a really good job at is just getting these guys prepared, also teaching them right. how to stay into stay in balance. You know, Stalin coming from Alabama, a big run block guy. You know, he was sure. really good with teaching combination blocks and getting up to the second level with run blocking. Um, and also, you know, just teaching the guys how to use their hands when it comes to pass protection because, I mean, you have to be a puncher in this in this game, especially at tackle. You know, if you get out there and you're trying to grab or be a guy that wants to hold, you'll get your lunch taken every Sunday by these athletic defensive ends. So I think he did a really good job of teaching Big V how to stay in balance, how to use his hands, and uh, how to hold on a little bit better when it came to taking on the bull rush and changing out of it whenever he got a quick move. What's your thoughts on the new guy from Australia? Uh, what have you seen? He's raw. He's extremely <laughs> raw. I mean, you look at him. I mean, he looks like what you know, like a like a specimen. I mean, he's six seven, six eight. Thanks for the call, Bill. Three thirty, three forty. You know, uh, very low body fat, big guy. You know, but he's raw. You know, offensive line is a position that takes a long time to 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 kind of get used to. You know. Um, 
but he's extremely athletic. It's going to take a while, though. You know, I mean, you look at, you, you, I mean, you look at Jason Peters gets beat sometime, and I mean, you know, that's a Hall of Fame out, out, outside. Yeah, tackle, you know, yeah, you know, it's just going to happen. And then you have someone that knows nothing about the game, about playing that position. That real quick, that was something, and I get it from a physical size and all yeah. that, but. I thought, why Why are they making him an O-lineman instead of putting him somewhere where he could just run forward of some kind or whatever? I feel like that's a really tough spot to come in and learn how to be a tackle. There's so much technique involved there. But when you look at his the way he's built and you look at his size and everything that's about him, if you can make him a tackle, right. then you have a hell of a tackle. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, you have to make him that. And it's going to take time. He is going to get beat. When BG comes out there, BG is going to eat him up. I know already. I know <laughs> just from watching him getting a stance and watching him move, a bull rush to spin will kill him every time because he leans, just because he doesn't understand doesn't how to know, set. Yeah. Uh, even a bull where a defensive lineman stabs in and comes out of it, oh, man, I know he, they'll eat him up just because, you know, having to stop and come back out of that set is an issue, man. And if you have somebody that doesn't understand how to move and use his hands yet, you know, he's going to get beat. It's going to happen. You, you know, but you have to learn from every every time you get out there, you have to learn from it. Either if you win or lose, you have to just take the, that lesson. Yeah, it's all about reps yeah. and learning from those yeah. reps. And whatever yeah. you do, whether it's playing offensive line, whether it's talking on the radio, whether yeah. it's working in a restaurant, whatever it is, the more you do something, the more you practice it, the better you're going to be at it. I, so. I, I used to feel that until I played my golf game today and it just – yeah. All the stuff I've been working on just did not come. <laughs> Golf to me seems today. to be one of those yeah, things that, that it's tougher to get that going. <laughs> All right, coming up next, I swear we are going to look through the NFC. I made the call to go. We had a couple people waiting on the line a long time. I don't want to make them wait so long. So I said, you know what? I'm going to take those calls. And then coming up next, we are going to get into the NFC, look around what sneaky concerns there. Our producer, Mosh, has a really good sneaky concern related to that as well. Plus, Jack Brett, your call's next at 888 729 94, it's BGN Radio. We're coming right back. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia. From the Tasty Cake Studios, this is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. One hour to go leading up to leading off and then Phillies baseball after that. Phillies against the Pirates game too. Phillies winning 17 to 6 last night. The, yeah. The I believe tied for the longest nine inning game in the history of baseball. I wow. watched it. <laughs> I don't know I don't know what the hell I was doing with my life that I watched the entire game, but I did. Yeah. Um I, I watch every game though, so I guess that makes me kind of weird. But uh look, Phillies are Phillies are playing good baseball. Yes, they are. Really good baseball. Tied for the NL record. Moshe corrects me, Mayor. I guess there was an AL game that yeah. was nine innings, but longer. Man, that was a long baseball game. It just kept going. But again, Phillies in first place right now. The best win percentage in the NL East. They're technically tied with the Braves in terms of win loss. No, but no, 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 no. They're yeah, in first Gabe, place. Yeah, first place. Higher winning percentage. Let's go. Yeah, Gabe. So, Think about yes. that. The Philadelphia Phillies, it's what, July 7th, and the Philadelphia Phillies are in first place in the National League East. That is. Pretty cool. Hopefully they can rise to the same type of level that the Philadelphia Eagles did, being the champions. That'd be cool. Of football, and then in that case, of baseball. You can't say that enough. All right. Yeah. Um, 
we've talked a lot about this. I've teased it into like three breaks and live to everybody. <laughs> so let, let's dive into this. We're coming to the calls in just a minute. 888-729-9494 if you want to weigh in on something that's a sneaky concern for you. But our first call of the day, Eric brought it up, and I thought it was a great point that that a sneaky concern is the fact that much like the West versus the East in the NBA, the NFC is absolutely the stronger of the two conferences, and it got better this offseason. Minnesota got better. L.A. theoretically got better. San Francisco should improve. The, you know, Aaron Rodgers is coming back. There's a lot of reasons to have at least some fear of some of these other squads in the NFC. Trey, I'll start with you. You look at this, you know, kind of group of teams here who have improved this offseason, who are potential teams that could be standing in the way of the Philadelphia Eagles. What team scares you the most? Uh, if I just had to pick one, I would say, you know, Drew Brees with the Saints. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just a guy that you really get concerned about just because he's a miracle worker out there. And then with the backfield that he has with his two running backs out there, you know, that could be a problem. But our defensive front has been shutting down the run all year. So, but, you know, if, just going looking at it, uh, New Orleans is one of the, the, the top team that really scares me. Uh, Minnesota, you know, you look at a group that that's, you know, a good team. They've, they've gotten better, but, um, you know, I'm not, you know, Aaron Rodgers coming back, you know, he's extremely deadly on the run, but I don't think that they firmed up their offensive line enough to really cause a, a major concern. I mean, you, you know, you're really m- more concerned with what Aaron Rodgers can bring to the table. Um, Atlanta, eh, you know, I don't know. Where <laughs> You know, what a team, man. I, look, see, I, I, I mean, love everybody that. Else, I'm like, no you know one what? scares yeah. him. I, yeah. I like that. Yeah. BLG, what about when you, you look at, because again, like just in terms of amount of teams who could conceivably win the conference, there are three, four, five more teams in the NFC who have a shot than in the AFC. Yeah, no one really like scares me, especially so much one-on-one or no, so much in the general thinking about teams. The Seahawks like scare me because they have Russell Wilson and we've seen how hard it is to defend him, especially this defense that the Eagles have. I think the Seahawks aren't going to be very good because mm-hmm. they're kind of falling apart over there. Yep. But like when I think about that and I'm not picking them as my main team, I'm just saying when I think about things like that, that kind of scares me a little bit, but keeping in that vein of, of mobile quarterbacks and going back to someone Trey just mentioned, it's the Packers and me it's too. not because the yeah. Packers are great. It's just Aaron Rodgers. It's Aaron yeah. Rodgers. And it's because we saw how he did against the Eagles defense back in, and it was shredded. It was a different situation, some different personnel, but still we saw that. I mean, you know, my boy, Lotus McKelvin was one of the cornerbacks back then. Not a good day for Lotus. Not a good day for anybody. But like they were doing what the giants did to the Eagles twice last year in terms of that quick passing game. Mm -hmm. You're talking about, you know, offensive line trade. It almost didn't matter because the Eagles couldn't get any pressure on him because Aaron Rodgers has the ball out of his hands. Like that, super quick. Mm-hmm. And we saw how big of an issue that was. And now with the Giants, you're not as worried about it because you know Eli's going to make a mistake. And he did in those games that the Eagles played. He threw a number of interceptions. Aaron Rodgers isn't going to make that mistake. That's the problem. And that is why, to me, that would probably be the biggest threat one-on-one. It's just he has a chance. Any game any game that his team is in, they have a chance. I've, I felt the same way. When I just look at the, the conference as a whole, the name Aaron Rodgers is what sticks out to me. Yeah. That That's the biggest thing that I look at and say, that scares me a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's so good. And, yeah. and, and BLG, you, you pointed out, I mean, that game from a couple of years ago, it's, 
they were like what like burned four and eight at that point, yep. and they weren't looking good at all. They just four got seven, blown I out. Think they, and then they won out. They got blown out by the Titans, and we were mm-hmm. like, everyone up at that point four was like, and oh. six. They were four and six, and they ended up ten yeah. and six. But they everyone won was out. like, oh, the Eagles are going to beat them. Yeah, like there wasn't even a lot of concern. The Eagles were good at that point. I mean, they, that was before they were the looking, fall. And then Rodgers was like, nah, yeah. came in. And, yeah. and it was it was one of the most. Um, I always compare like when I in baseball watching Pedro Martinez pitch against a team you were rooting for when Pedro was was fully on it. You felt helpless watching you felt like there's nothing that can happen to win this game Hmm. that's the way it felt like watching Aaron Rodgers against that defense that day it felt like no matter what they would win because Aaron Rodgers would win that game no matter what he did so I'm with you I think look you look it's really I mean Minnesota is legitimate that defense is legit I think Mike Zimmer's a good coach I agree with Trey that the Saints are a really good football team Drew Brees Alvin Kamara maybe the the biggest weapon right now in the NFC, especially considering going in from year one to year two, what that guy did in year one to imagine the jump he could take and how scary that could be. And, and that division in general, I mean, I, you know, Panthers don't scare me as much, but I think Atlanta is a team that we don't talk enough about. And, you know, if you want to talk about who came closest to stopping this Super Bowl run last year, it was certainly the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. But I, I think that, I think it's a mistake to look at the Rams and what they did this off season and say, oh, that's not going to work. It never works when people sign a bunch of players. I think it could work. I think Sean McVay is a really good coach, and I think Wade Phillips is a great coach on yeah. the defensive side. And and people are like, oh, and then Dominican Sue, and they're never Talib and all these guys. How can they make it work? Wade Phillips can make that work. Mm-hmm. Wade Phillips did the exact same thing in Denver. You know what he can't make work? And I was saying this to the trade during the break. Well, Jared, Jared Goff. Goff. Yeah, and I, that's a different part of yeah. the equation. I think that what McVay has done with that offense is clever. I think he's taken a lot of the decision-making out of Jared Goff's hands, which is what you have to do with Jared Goff. (laughs) But I just think that I think the Rams are going to be good again. And I think that that defense is going to be really good. And I think that that is something where I think it's a mistake to say, oh, it never works out when people just sign a bunch of guys and and bring big names in. I think that they're going to be a good football team. Yeah, and I, but then you look at it sometimes where you have the gimmick offense or something that that is kind of new to the game. It always shows it looks really shiny. Something here? It looks very shiny the first year. <laughs> then, you know, you give defensive guys a little time. What can you be talking know. about? I mean, I well, don't I'm know. so confused I'm just right saying now. sometimes you get fired looks, a couple years later. Hey, yeah, listen, listen. You know, I don't deal in hypotheticals, guys. All right? I want real world you know, things here. Once you get some of these guys a year to sit down and break down your film and really look at what you're doing, and then it doesn't work quite the same. The next but Sean Sean McVay uses audibles, Trey. Come on. Okay. At least give him that. Yeah, he does. No, look, I, I yeah. think it's a really fair point. I'm not a big Jared Goff fan either. I will say that that he made some throws last year that yeah. made me think I was maybe a he's little bit. He's not a too, terrible That's what I mean. He's got he's an not, arm. And he I'm, can you're make not some, scared of him. I'm not either, but he can make some big throws. Like yeah. he, he, he is not, He's not a disaster like I thought he was. And I think McVay deserves credit for turning him from a disaster to someone who looks like a capable NFL quarterback. And I think more so, I believe in Todd Gurley. I believe in the the ability to work that offense around that guy. So I'm just saying, look, I think, again, I'm kind of with you guys. There's nothing that scares me that much. I I think the Eagles, regardless of whether they won the Super Bowl last year or not, are the best football team. I think top to bottom, roster-wise, coaching-wise, group-wise, culture-wise, all that, I think they're the best team in the NFC but it is something we should be concerned a little bit about because the competition is going to be stiffer this year in that conference. 888-729-9494. Today, back out to the phones in Trenton and talk to Jack. Jack, you're on BGN Radio. Jack, hey. 
What's up, Jack? It's probably Fritz calling in and just messing with us. Probably. Say, All right, Jack. Good try. Call back. Come on, Fritz. I'm really disappointed. I've wanted to talk to Jack, and Jack disappointed me. 888-729-9494. Why don't we head out to San Diego, and hopefully Brett will not San jack Diego. us here. Brett, you there? Oh, no. Oh, Brett. Brett's not here either. Oh, no. San Diego. Brett. Hey, there he is. Hey, I'm sorry about that. You hear me now? I don't, yes. think, yeah. I, I think, I don't think it was your fault. Oh, but, no. Uh, okay. we're, at, we're happy to have you back, Brett. Poor Jack. Great. I'm in the middle of a heat wave down here, and... uh if I was in Pennsylvania, it would probably rain by now. It's all humid, but it, it's not raining. It never rains. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's part of living in San Diego, right? For yeah. what it's worth, uh, I'll tell you, Brett, um, it's been pretty freaking hot around here, too. Yeah. And it has not broken same, much, yeah. but yeah. It's like global warming, huh? So, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, who knew? This is my, my dead zone topic of the day. Is uh, I'm on YouTube watching these videos of Madden 19, and it, it's just it's just so old. Like no one likes it. Everyone in the comments is like this sucks. <laughs> EA sucks. We're tired of this insane game. I'm just wondering why why somebody on Steam or somebody can make a game like a new football game with just made up teams and just t- like, totally break the, the evil empire and have a good football game. You're you know, saying you're saying. You're saying why game. is it just Madden and and nothing is yeah. as overtaken it? It needs to be like an indie challenger, someone you know. I mean, BLG, you play a lot more video games than I do. Well, back when they had like ESPN, what whatever it was, two K five with like To on the cover, people liked that Even game like a lot. NFL Blitz, I used to. Like oh, that I loved NFL there. Blitz, man. Yeah, NFL Blitz was cool. That was yeah. cool. Yeah, need more. So, of that. so wait, so Brett, what you're saying is is you want? Why isn't there just a new NFL game that works? Yeah, I mean, someone needs to do it. There's a huge market opportunity for like some just indie publisher to to get a Kickstarter and say, hey, let's make a new a good game, football I, game. And uh, here's the thing: raise, I love know, I, I love the I love the concept. I think it, you would need to get a hell of a lot of money in that Kickstarter because yeah. there's a lot of licensing and royalty yes. and stuff you have to. If you're gonna get NFL players and NFL likenesses and oh, all that, you're jumping no. through a lot well, of hoops. Well, he didn't. He, yeah, he made up teams. Made up players. Teams. Oh, made up you're, players, yeah. you're saying just made up. Yeah. And create yeah, like, like a better game. I, 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 I look, uh, Brett, great call. Thanks for chiming in from San Diego. Yeah. I think, I, look, I think it's an interesting idea. And I'm sh- look, I'm sure people have tried to make other football games that don't have likenesses and stuff. But at the same time, it's like you're playing those games to be those guys, right? right. And yeah, that's yeah, the whole yeah. point of yeah. the video games. I want to play with NFL players. Yeah. I don't want to play with Joe Schmo from the Eagles, who I've never heard of before. I would say bring back to college football. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. The NCAA. Yeah, yeah. Maybe pay the kids for using their yeah, licenses. Yeah, they cool. should have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's time we're stepping into a whole different ball of wax there. But yeah. hey, you know, yeah. you're going to put my face on a video game. You should pay me for it. That's I, I, I just put about. your number. Yeah, yeah. well, hey, yeah. you're going to put yeah. me on a video game one <laughs> yeah. way or another. You should pay for it. All right, look who's back. It is not Fritz. Maybe it is Fritz. Let's find out. Let's head out to Trenton and talk to Jack. Jack, you're on BGN Radio. Yeah, this is Jack. This ain't Fritz. Thank God. All right. <laughs> What's yeah. on your mind today, brother? I was just calling about you know we're fighting history. You know I know we're fighting history with the back to back, but I don't. I'm in my mid sixties. I don't remember another team winning with that many injuries and them guys are coming back this year. It's a great point, yeah. Jack. I, look, I don't I'm, ever remember a team winning with that many injuries. injuries period. Yeah. Yeah, yes. your quarterback, your MVP quarterback goes I, down. I understand that. I, I'm taking once. I'm giving you one. I, I mean. Oh, I'm agreeing right. with you, Jack. I'm agreeing Hall with you. Fame, I, hear you. I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. But I'm just saying, we lost a lot of key guys. Yeah. 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 And they're coming back, you know. I'm with you, Jack. Who, there sc- it goes. who scares you in the NFC? If you had to look around and I say. I got to go with Trey New Orleans. Yeah. I, yeah. I, 
Yeah, they got the be- they got the better team. They got the best quarterback. I think that really, you know, that really yeah, does yeah. matter. But, uh, they, I mean, I think if New Orleans plays the Packers, New Orleans is winning. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah. look, Jack. I think if it's in the a, Superdome, especially, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a fair As goal. far as that, I, one more thing. As far as that Australian guy, he's so raw to Cali and butchered yet, I think. Maybe <laughs> Trey could comment on that. I don't know. Jack, appreciate the call, brother. Thanks for getting back in there. Thanks for not being Fritz. Um, he's the, so, Jordan Mailata is so raw that the cow hadn't even been cooked yet. That's pretty good. It's yeah. pretty raw, I suppose. Yeah. I had not heard that phrase. He said it hasn't even been butchered yet. Hasn't oh, been butchered wow. Yet. So, yes. Wow. Wow. That's a yeah. little darker. Yeah. Still yeah. a cow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah like, that's, that's really raw. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, but I think, man, I, you know, yeah, because, I mean, he didn't even – Coach Stoutman is trying to coach him up, and he can't even hear him because he's not used to having a helmet on. Yeah. You know, that's an issue. And apparently he's a cow and doesn't speak English. So that's, that's an issue. That's another so, issue. Yeah. Uh, Trey, you said something about BG earlier uh, going up against him. I, I just can't wait for, for Brandon Graham to start talking at him. Oh. He's, it's going to be relentless. And I think that's going to be good for him. He needs yeah. I think he needs to, yeah, he kind of needs to kind of be like, hey, welcome to the NFL. Yeah. It's really tough. Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> St. Rugby, bro. Brandon yeah. Graham is literally going to like just be yelling at you after it's every awesome. single play about yeah. how he's dominating you. Yeah. It's going to happen. <laughs> and, and, you know, and you have to take those lumps. Yep. That's just what has to happen, it, you know? It makes you better. Yeah. That's what it goes it, back to. It's part of the reps. Yeah. It's part How of the response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hundred yeah. percent. I had to when I came in, I was recruited as a defensive line, defensive end. So they switched me over to offensive tackle, you know, my second year in college. But I mean, you had to get your ass kicked. I mean, that's just what had to happen, just so you can learn from it and then like, all right, I can't do this. I can't do exactly. that. Exactly. You know, all it's right, like, let oh, me work if, this. If he does that move, yeah. I'm gonna get my ass beat if I don't do this yeah, or exactly. do that or whatever. You have to go through that and it's just it just is what it is that's why uh, the learning curve for even guys that's coming from the college level to the pros you know you get out there against some good talent and you get killed and you may have been in college you were dominating guys but you didn't deal with a Von Miller coming at you or a Dwight Freeney with that type of spin moving speed and all of that you know you you're just gonna have to take your lumps and he's gonna have to take his lumps it just is what it is it's a great point I couldn't (laughs) agree more all right let's bring in our fine producer Moshe Kravitz Hopping on the air here. Mosh, what is your sneaky concern? I know it was a little related to what we were just talking about with the NFC and the contenders and all that. What's your sneaky concern for the Eagles this year? It's both the Eagles themselves and the entire NFC because, yes, the Eagles, we talk about them as underdogs. We've talked about the injuries. But look at how basically outside of the injured players, everything else went perfectly right. Nick Foles stepped in and dominated in the postseason. Big V came in and solidified the offensive line. I mean, he stopped Everson Griffin in a game. That wasn't expo- That wasn't supposed to happen. So many guys had career years. They get Jay Ajayi out of nowhere. Alshon Jeffrey does not deal with major injuries. Nelson Aguilar bounces back. Plays through them, more like it, but yes. Yeah, we'll yeah. play. Well, that's true. <laughs> Did not sit for a major yeah. injury. Fair yeah. enough. What happens to this team after everyone comes back from injury, assume everybody's healthy, can this team still do it when everybody's not having a career year at the same time? That's my sneaky concern that it was everything going right, even with those injuries for so many players on this team. And then you compare that to the NFC, where it was sort of a perfect storm to set the Eagles up to get that number one seed. You had David Johnson go down for Arizona, who was supposed to be a contender. Seattle takes a huge step back. We've talked about Aaron Rodgers not being around for Green Bay, and they take a big step back, obviously because of that. 
everything sort of just blended together for the Eagles to take this NFC. Now all those players are coming back. The Eagles have, hopefully, a healthy team. But what if Nick, What if Carson Wentz is healthy but not quite an right. MVP? What if Alshon Jeffrey is back to the player he was in Chicago? It's an interesting question to look at when when the, the sky's clear, sort of. Yeah, no, I think um, I... I... I two points here. I think to your point about everyone on the team having career years and all that, I think that's somewhat mitigated by your point about the injuries. I think you go through all those injuries, people step up. It's it's I'm not as worried about that, but I think the second part of your point, how things broke right for the Eagles outside of internally, you know, the Aaron Rodgers going down was huge for this team. The way Seattle kind of kind of fell off a little bit was huge for this team. The, uh, you know, injuries to other teams, the way things broke out, the way the playoffs seeding broke out, everything really worked well for this team, Brandon. And and look, again, this is ineffable. It's not something they have any control over. We have no control over it. It is the way things break. But is that a concern for you that, that things really broke right for the Eagles externally and you worry that it might not break the same way this season? I mean, I think that goes into any championship run. I don't know if you had mentioned Zeke too, you know, like him missing time. Yeah, Zeke pointed was Rogers, another one. Like, Great call. Like, yep. But then again, things like that happen every year. You know, there right. are going to be injuries around the league. Maybe it's not Rodgers again, but maybe it's who, maybe it's Russell Wilson, you know, sure. like it maybe could it's be, Jared Goff, maybe it's whatever, yeah, like, sure. And so that's always going to happen. It is, I think it's definitely fair to mention that, you know, there was some overachieving last year in terms of you had these guys like a Patrick Robinson come out of nowhere and now they don't have him. And now they they don't, like, who knows who the slot guy is going to be. So there are some parts to that where you had everything go right. But I think there's still enough here, despite all that. Like, even if you get some bad bounces, they have enough to overcome that. But it is it's certainly a factor. I think any championship run in any sport has that going. Like, there's always some stars have to align a little bit. You need a little bit of luck. That's what it is, honestly. 888 94, your sneaky concerns for this Eagles team. Coming up, though, we're going to flip it around. I want to look at something that other people think is a sneaky concern that we, Brandon, Trey, myself, are not worried about at all. Plus, mix a little Sixers-Phillies talk in here as well before we get out of here. Leading off coming up at 3 o'clock after that, Jim Jackson and then Scott and Kevin Stocker will call your Phillies Pirates game that's coming up on WIP. It's Trey Thomas, Brandon Lee Gout, and James Seltzer. BGN Radio. We're coming right back. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. So the real Jack Fritz is actually here now. It was not Jack Fritz on the phone. I'm looking at Jack Fritz as we speak. It's a beautiful thing. I'm a Jack fan. I make fun of him a little bit, but, but he's my guy. I'm a Jack Fritz fan. He's not paying attention. Yeah, he doesn't care at all. James Seltzer, Brandon Lee Gatton, <laughs> Trey Thomas's BGN Radio. Yeah. Coming your way, Most Kravitz behind the glass as we've been talking a lot about sneaky concerns for the Philadelphia Eagles heading into this season. But what about something that, that maybe other people think is a sneaky concern? You've been hearing other people say, oh, I'm a little worried about this or a little worried about that. But it's something where you just say, nope, doesn't bother me. I'll give you guys one. For me. I've heard a lot of consternation, a lot of worry about who's going to play the weak side linebacker position. Oh, Corey Nelson, Nate, Gary, we're going to miss Michael Kendricks, all that stuff. Guess what? It doesn't matter. That position is almost meaningless in this defense. We've talked about it a ton at at BGN underscore radio. Corey Graham played, what, 84% of the snaps in the Super Bowl? 
that position and what and, and maybe they need to re-sign Corey Graham for that position. We'll yep. see. I still believe that's coming. But that position to me is significantly more important than who's going to play that weak side linebacker position that will get 20 to 30% of the snaps this season and particularly in big games. I Corey Nelson, Nate Gary, Trey Thomas out there. I don't think it's going to be a huge deal. Trey, what, what? I don't know. You don't want to put me in space, man. Not in space like that. <laughs> I think just put your arms out. You, all the passing lanes are gone. You're just standing there. Passes are deflecting off you. Yeah. Trey, what's a, what's a sneak concern that people are worried about that doesn't bug you at all? Uh, uh, I guess how this secondary is going to work. You know, but a lot of consternation. Yeah, there. a lot of people. Oh, who's going to play slot corner? Yeah, yeah, who's going to start here? Who's going to play here? Um, I think that it's going to show itself in training camp. You know, between training camp and these preseason games, it's going to play itself out. And, you, and I think that we'll get the best group out there. And if you have this line, right? I mean, it's going to make life easier on them. Yes. Again, like it did last year. I think. I think um, for me, it would be pretty obvious one, but I feel like I need to say it anyway, I'm not worried at all about Carson. I feel... How did I know you were going there? But I, and it's because I've seen it. Like, I've seen him practice in OTAs and minicamp, and I've heard good things the whole way, and I've been saying that throughout the offseason from February. I remember the the day of the Super Bowl, Rapsi had reported that there is belief that he can play week one, and that was really early at that point, and it's still kind of early in the sense that, you know, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't been full yet so I'm not saying he's there right now but I don't have any worry I don't because I think he's going to be ready I think we can trust in Carson he's such an athletic freak he's not the normal player I think people think he's like the normal player they always talk about this guy needs this much time to recover from an ACL it doesn't matter he's not the normal example to use he is the exception I know Trey you would have thought on this well he is a machine (laughs) and uh and my only concern is the lack of preseason, okay, you know, and getting any type of live reps because once training camp is over with, the secondary isn't going to be challenging the receivers like they would if during training camp or the timing. It's the timing that, that concerns me when it comes to his being ready because you're going to get a certain level of, 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 of DB play or corner play in the preseason games compared to in, in practice. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm like, you know, if he's not ready, you're not going to play him in the f- fourth preseason game yeah. because th- that's not happening. No, no. Yep. no starter plays no in the question. fourth preseason game. So, and then after that, how many live drills can you do to even where he's comfortable with all that falling around his legs? You know, that's yeah. that's the only thing that really concerns me with him he coming back the first week. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you guys in the sense that I feel very bullish about his ability to be back week one. And and here's something else outside of just watching him and and his progress. And Trey, I think it's being interesting to get your perspective on because you were part of both an organization on the coaching side and on the the mm-hmm. player side for a long time and in the NFL for a long time. My feeling is, I don't think the Eagles would let him be this out front. Let him be putting out these videos. He's in practice. They say he's not even going to practice in OTAs, and then all of a sudden he's out there in seven on sevens. All that type of stuff. I don't think they let him do this and let fan expectations increase to a certain level 
if they didn't have a really good belief that he is going to be able to make it back for week one, is that a fair assumption, Trey, or am I, am I reading too much into it? Well, they can't tell him what not to, what to post and what not to post. Right, but, but it seems like the team has been supportive yeah. of it and talking about it and been very upfront. This and they Carson's put him team. in front of the media and a lot. They, yeah, yeah. That, that stood out to me too great. I forgot to mention that, that on that first day of, of training, or many management, OTAs, yeah. OTAs they have Carson Wentz do a, a presser there, unexpected. It was like, yep. hey, Carson's going to talk after Doug. What? Yeah, well, he's the he's the quarterback of the team. He is that guy. You know, um, he he's the leader of this group. Um, and of course, you don't want to drown drown any of his expectations up, or or possibly hinder what's motivating him to get ready to get ready get back to where he needs to be. Um, I don't know. I I think that the team is doing a good job of just you know, and it creates the positive energy. Everybody's so excited every time you you come out there and you see Carson running through the bags. Everybody's all hyped about it. It creates that positive energy sure. that continues to swirl around this team, and I think which helps propel this team and everybody kind of feeds off of it, you know? So I think they're doing a good job of just, Hey man, do whatever creates positive energy and keeps everybody in that same little aura. do it. Well, counterpoint trademark, Jack Fritz counterpoint to that. Um, I think I I'm with you, but at the same time, I also think you need to manage expectations, right? Yeah. Like you need to say, if you, if you get your fan base, a hundred percent believing that that he's going to be back week one. Look at how good he's doing. They're out in front, this and that. <laughs> and then he's not back week one. What then? Well, like then you're I, Jim Irsay. Right. And that's my point. I feel like that's an organi- organization's think about these things. And I feel like that is a, a part of their thinking. Well, you also want that player to feel that, hey, you know what? I'm doing all of this. I can be back by, by week one. That's a good point, Trey. Yeah. So that's you a know really what? good point. Yeah, you want to build a fan's expectation. I want to build that player's that's expectations really interesting as well. Flip around there. You know, so if, if anybody's expectations need to be high, I need his expectations because he's believing in the regiment that we're putting him through. Mm-hmm. He believes the extra work that he's putting in is going to get him to where he needs to be. So, you know what? Hey, if we get the fans' expectations up, mainly we want his expectations high. That's a really good point, <laughs> yeah. Trey. And I, I love, because I'm thinking about it from the, the fan right. organization point of view, you flip it to the player point of view, which makes yeah. a lot of sense. It's really good stuff. 888-729-9494. What are your concerns, sneaky concerns with this Eagles team? Or conversely, what's something that people seem to be concerned about that you think is is hogwash? Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. Let's <laughs> nice. head out to Pittsburgh and talk to Alan. Alan, you're on WIP. Yo, guys, how you doing this afternoon? All right. Hey, you want to know what I'm concerned about? Yeah. I ain't concerned about nothing because we're the world champions, Woo! and we got Doug Peterson, and we got Carson Wentz, and I don't want to hear about everything broke. I don't want to hear I about thought everything going Jason broke, Kelsey broke there. Last year. Some clown named Mike Lombardi. <laughs> Yo. I don't want to hear about things broke great for us last year. We had to go to Carolina on a short week on Thursday night, and we whooped them. We had to go to L.A., and we lost Carson Wentz, and we beat them. I don't want to hear about things broke right. We lost our Hall of Fame left tackle. We lost our MVP. We lost our middle linebacker whose bones are made out of Doritos. We lost everybody <laughs> last year, and we still won. I ain't worried about nothing because we're the world champions. We got the Green Goblin who shut down Julio Jones in the beginning of the playoffs. We're going to win again. I ain't, I ain't afraid of nothing. I got no concerns because we're the world champions. Alan, that, that is the greatest greatest call in WIP I history. Thank you for fan making to it. be like that. That's what I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and he made a really good point. Yes.
the Eagles are world champions. Yes. So let's not, let's never yes. forget that point. That is a point that we should just every day. There's an article there on is. BGN maybe, about that. Yeah. Maybe the greatest article you've ever it's written, BLG. Tell everyone what the article was. Well, I mean, it you was know, just facts. Just it was in a case, fact-based article. I mean, some people might get confused, you know, yeah. who won the Super Bowl this year. You know, might forget. I don't know. So I just made a list of 31 teams that didn't win the Super Bowl. <laughs> yes, and I made a list of one that, was, that yeah, did that win the Super Bowl. And it's article, legal. It's yes. just, you know, look, if you ever the forget. The Pulitzer is on the way, by the way. You ever need to share it with someone? <laughs> go ahead. Yes, there you go. 888-729-9494. Uh, let's head out to, is that Sinking Spring, it looks like. I don't know if that's right or not. We're going to find out. Let's talk to Ian. Ian, are you in Sinking Spring? That is correct. Hey! Is, uh, sinking Spring. Where is that? Uh, near Reading. Nice. Sinking okay. spring. Yeah, Are you yeah. sinking in a spring right now? Uh, technically, yes. I think that's historically how uh, yeah. the name We're was, sinking but, uh, out of spring, too, and into summer. Uh, See what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> What's right. on your mind today, Ian? So, yeah, I personally, I, I hear this all the time from people about a concern, but I'm not too concerned about it. It's the loss of LeGarrette Blunt. I, I want to get your take on that. Absolutely our, not, man. Yes. I, I'm just going to. I think our running backs are versatile. Yeah, I don't think the loss of LeGarrette Blunt is, a, you know, a, LeGarrette Blunt was phenomenal in the playoffs and yeah. in the Super Bowl. Yeah. But during the season, man, there was some questionable stuff when I would go in there and watch film where me and Westbrook was sitting there like, man, you know, do you think they're pointing <laughs> this out in, in in the meeting? Are you? Do you think Deuce is calling this to his attention? I mean, during blitz pickup, he was an issue. When it came yeah. to blocking any linebackers coming downhill, and then it looked seemed like during the season he was afraid to run the green grass. He was always running up the back of all the offensive linemen looking to get tackled. But then when he got into the playoffs and Super Bowl, now you get me Super Bowl blunt. Yeah. Oh, I ride yeah. with Super Bowl oh, yeah. blunt all week. But then during the season, man, I mean, now you're causing an issue, especially when you have a quarterback that's coming off of an injury. I need everybody to be on point, and JHI and Clement are much better pass blockers and protection uh, guys instead of blunt. Exactly. And I, I think also, I mean, last year it was nice having his playoff and Super Bowl experience, but hey, now we're all Super Bowl experience. Exactly. You You're yeah. damn righty. And Ian, great yeah. call. Thanks for making it, man. And I do think, look, I think I think losing LeGarrette Bunn is going to be as much of an off-the-field thing as it is on. He's just a fun guy to have on your team. He seems yeah. like a great teammate. Did you see the uh, the interview ever that he had on like NFL Network? They were interviewing him when he was a free agent, and uh, they brought Corey Clement in, like kind of in studio as a surprise. And those guys just started talking. It was such like a genuine relationship those guys had. Mm-hmm. You could tell well, like they yeah. just really like each. And then it's he's like the in the Ajayi playoffs, thing, right? Well, how about when Ajayi first came yeah, here and that guy. huge run, the first guy, right? And we're all talking over. Oh, yeah. Garrett Bunk gonna be mad. They brought Jay Ajayi. Yeah. In. He's yeah. the first guy down there celebrating with him. Yeah, it's a that great was, point. I mean, it gives me chill. And even uh, in the Super Bowl, yeah. Corey Clement, both of those guys. A giant and a giant. Yeah, they were awesome. Like, that gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. like that. Yeah. That that was so cool. I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss LG in that way. Yeah. I totally agree with you. For me, it's and again, like you pointed out. I mean, you go back and watch the Super Bowl. Garrett Blunt was a man. Yeah, Garrett Blunt yeah. was a man and had yeah. some of the most important runs in that game. Yeah. Led the team in rushing, scored a touchdown, all that stuff. And certainly, I think that from an on the field perspective, Blunt gives them. Something that, that right now they might not have that exact type of thing. That guy who can kind of just bulldoze people over and get you a couple he yards. He wasn't doing that during regular season, not, though. Not, he as, wasn't, much, yeah. not as much. Yeah. But, I, I look, I'm with you. I think that it, it's more of a – I think we all just really like LeGarrette Blunt. I think the team liked him, and he's, he's a great guy to have in your locker room and on your team, and he's going to give it all he has every time. But 
I do think that people are like, we can't live without the Garrett Blondins. Yeah. We'll be fine. Yeah. J.H.I. is really good. Corey yeah. Clement's really mm-hmm. good. Darren Sproles coming yeah. back, too, which we haven't talked a lot about, but it's almost like Sproles is an afterthought. But you bring that type of weapon back to this offense, the talent yeah. they have, it's going to make a difference. Because when I see Blunt, man, I, it, he makes me think of beast mode, you know, because the same type of, you know, physical type back, but yeah. you don't see that same type of attitude where I'm going to put my helmet down the, the middle of your chest. He doesn't run like that. Yeah. Sometimes. But but during the Super Bowl, man. <laughs> man. He was amazing. He was <laughs> yeah. amazing. Yeah. 888-729-9494. We got one segment to go. We'll take your calls. We might even be able to squeeze a Sixers take in from BLG. All that and more coming up, leading off after that, and then some Phillies Pirates action coming up on WIP. First place Phillies on WIP. 888-729-9494. It's Trey Thomas, Brandley Gout, and James Seltzer. We're coming right back. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Final segment, BGN Radio, Trey Thomas, Brandon Gowden, James Seltzer. We're talking sneaky concerns for your Philadelphia Eagles this year, as well as concerns that other people have and you don't agree with. And uh, and coming up before we get out of here, quick Sixers take Brandon Gowden. But let's Roll some calls before we get out of here. Let's start it out in Roxborough and talk to Dan. Dan, you're on BGN Radio. Danny. Yeah. There you are. You sound Uh, like a robot at first. My my sneaky concern is uh, the Giants because uh, they took us to both games last year with basically no plays. Like all the receivers were injured now, but this year they're going to be healthy and they got Barkley. That's really going to help Eli Manning. Eli stinks is my main takeaway from that. I, look, I know what you're saying, Dan, and really appreciate the call. I think it's I, a look, number one run defense in the NFL. Yeah, yeah I like, think it's a well, – I get where he's coming from. He's coming from, from – look, the two best offensive performances against the Eagles last year outside of the Super Bowl were by the Giants. So I get it. And the best games of Eli's season. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, yeah, the, the Giants were the t- played us the toughest, which is crazy. But, again, I, like, Eli Manning stinks. Eli had two good games last year, and they were against exactly, us. Exactly. Yeah. So if you're worried about the Giants against us in those two games, sure, I get that's fine, I guess. But it, it, like on the whole, in a macro level, right? I'm not worried about the Giants challenging for the NFC East title. Yeah, I think they're competing for like a wild card at mm-hmm. most. And yeah. I think they'll be better. They're, they're not going to win three games again. I think we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Look, whoa, whoa, we'll see. I like that. Look, I think let's put it this way: I, I, when the time comes, I will probably pick the Giants to finish second in the NFC East. I just think it'll be a distant second. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I would take Washington. Though that was the other one. Yeah. How funny is it that Dallas isn't even in the competition? Yeah. In my, in my mind. I, I think really, I think uh I think Jay Gruden's the second best coach. I saw playoff the, odds recently for and I think Washington was the lowest, I think, in the East. And I think they're I think that's actually yeah. not a bad bet. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Jay Gruden is a is an okay coach. I yeah. think he's fine. You know, yeah. he's not great, but I think he's fine. Let's head out to Bristol and talk to Ray. Ray, you are on BGN radio. Hey, how you guys doing? Fantastic, up, man. I'm great. Uh, first, first off, I'm going to say go Philly. Go Philly. First place Philly. That's right. Yeah. Gabe Kepler. My God. But I, wa- but I want to comment on what you had a caller earlier that was saying uh, he ain't worried about this and he ain't worried about that because the Eagles are this and that. Um, I would say my question to him would be, who did you Eagles play that were that was at the top of their game to get where you guys got? Who did we play? What do you mean? Who did you play that was at the top of their game? Minnesota. Where you guys got? I mean, you guys, you guys 
the Patriots, Minnesota, no, Atlanta. The, the, the Patriots weren't at the top of the game. They had Brady, no Brady threw for 505 yards. Yeah, they had Brady. 600 <laughs> yards of offense. Like, let's be real here Brady, a little bit. Brady is his own is his own team. He he he's able to control the whole game himself. He had no defense. I mean, That's look, they, they beat the, the – I mean, like, you look at the best teams in the NFC. The they beat the, the Rams, Rams. They beat the Vikings. The they beat the Falcons. The like, what do you want them to do? Like, what do you want them the to Rams, do? The Rams were beat up. The Vikings were beat Rams up. Were not the beat Rams up. had the Everybody fewest injuries in the NFL, in the NFL yeah, last year. it's a bad year. take. It's a bad That's take, That's factually right? wrong. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Who, 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 and no one is healthy towards Ray, I know what you're doing here. Yeah, Ray, who are you a fan of? What's your team? Are you a Cowboys fan? No, I'm a Niner Nation, baby. Okay. That's fine. Good for you. Jimmy Garoppolo, you excited? There you go. All right. Speaking of teams that are getting way too much. Yeah, hype. that was the one you were going to talk about, Brandon. You think that the they Niners- went six and ten last year? <laughs> Everyone wants to get in on the ground floor with them and be like, I said I was right about the 49ers. Look, I think Jimmy G is not a bad quarterback. I think but he's you, good. you look I think at their schedule play. at the end of the year last year. Who did they beat? They beat the Bears by one point. They beat the Texans, Ooh. who were depleted by ten points. They beat the tight, the mighty Titans by two points. They had a legit win over the Jags. I don't know if the Jags were arresting some starters yeah, there. That was, was. I, I don't think they were. Super... It was a weird game that one. Okay, they went. I'll give it to them. Whatever, I'll give it to them. And then and they beat a Rams the Jag- team. They beat, Bortles, they beat right? a Rams team that wasn't trying to win. That was trying to tank and try they to play the Eagles. They were actually trying to lose that yeah. game purposely. So, okay, so. take that. Boom. Yeah. Come on, man. Like, yeah. Don't come back. You, yeah. I'm sorry. The Eagles won the Super Bowl. Who did they beat though? Yeah. Right. Yeah. What <laughs> are you talking beat? about? Yeah. yeah. The best out of the AFC. Yeah. I mean, you're only dealing with Bill Belichick. Yeah. What more did they need to do? Uh, it's, uh, uh, it's not worth it. Niners yeah. fan, you know, good, good luck with Jimmy G. Yeah. We're still better than you are. Let's go to Tony Brick and talk to Jesse. Jesse, you're on WIP. Jesse. Jesse. Here's the funny thing. That call, a big improvement over the Niners fan call. Yeah. So, yes. Great call, Jesse. We appreciate it. All right. We've only got a couple minutes left. BLG, we, we've teased it all show. Yeah. Talk some Sixers. I've heard Spike Eskin program director of this very fine I'm, station I'm here. I'm Spike Askin. I like to call him. Yeah. Uh, say this take, and I agree with it, that, look, it's okay to be disappointed, I think, with the Sixers offseason. I'm not going to say it was this disastrous failure. I'm not going to go that far, but I'm going to say that it's okay to kind of wonder about what the the window is for this team. John Gonzalez of the Ringer had a really good piece about this recently. You should go check it out. And he was raising some fair points about, like, hey, clutch agency drove LeBron to L.A., does that mean it's going to happen with Simmons? I don't know. I mean, I'm saying you could you have to think about that. Either way, even if not, his, he's still going to be owed a lot of money very soon. So you're not going to have this room to max out another player to fit a Kawhi Leonard in, which I think they honestly need that guy to get by Boston still. I still think they've had a, a decent offseason. They've done some decent things. But a lot of it's one-year deals, too. I don't know. like What's the real lasting thing here? Like What are they building to last. I know you have the young guys. You're going to get some internal improvement. I get all of that, but I still don't think it's necessarily enough to beat Boston because they could say the same thing. Jason Tatum is getting better. I don't think it is. I don't think it's clearly not enough. To, I mean, if, with a healthy Hayward and a healthy Kyrie, and it's Kyrie, not good yeah. enough I mean, to win Boston a title. Boston is a clear favorite in my it's mind. It's not a good enough to even contend for a title, and that's what's kind of disappointing me. I feel like we've almost gotten to a point where, like, the process was all about getting a title. You know what I mean? Like that's why you're that's why you're okay with losing. You're selling out to get a title. It's not just to be okay or not just to be good. It's to be the best team. And I don't think they're really, they're, they're not getting to that status right now. They haven't done anything to get to that the best team. And look, I'm not saying it's easy. And being the, the Warriors is not going to be easy. But I no. think they need that another star. And if you're just counting on Markel Fultz, who I'm not giving up on completely, but if like that is really your plan, I just think that's not a great plan. 
You can't just be like, oh, well, we have Fultz, well, so we're just going to hope I'm, that I'm, works I'm, out. I'm still a Fultz believer. Uh, you know, he's 19, 20 years old. I, 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 I'm still willing to give him time, but I'm with you. That can't be your solution when the kid just had the yips for his first year. Yeah, and he is a kid, and he acts like a kid. Yeah, and he just and he, <laughs> like even in summer league out there on the bench, he's be able to sing "Hi Mom" to the camera and stuff. It's like he, can, he acts like a kid. I agree with you. Cartwheeling into the facility, man. I mean, you know, <laughs> he's a kid. That's why I was just hoping that you know they would bring in like a superstar mentor to kind of help put an arm around him and just bring him along and mm-hmm. show him the ropes. But um, you know, I, I think that everything that BG just said, I'm good. Yeah, and I, I like the BG there. And uh, <laughs> I uh, I also think that, look, I think that the window is closing to do something here. Not not the Embiid. It's Simmons not an window. infinite window. Right. No. And, and, well, especially it's next season, really. Yeah. Like Bobby Marks put that thing out on ESPN basically saying, like, they have a bunch of cap space until 2020, and then they're screwed. And that's why with the stupid way the NBA is set up, you need to get that star in here before then so you can pay all the stars, because if yeah. you have to pay Simmons and you have to pay Dario and all that stuff, all of a sudden, then you can't even bring the star in anymore. Yeah. And that's where you run into so the issues. So get Kawhi. Keep yeah, that, it's interesting. Ah, oh, such a tough get spot. Ah, oh, but then it goes to LA and it's a disaster. No, 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 no. He played 70, sad 73 games last year. I'm with you. Look, I get it. You have I to understand. take risks, though. That's the thing. Like, no one wants to take that risk, but then they're just okay with the risk of not winning a championship. Okay. Then you're just not going to, like... What was the point? That's a risk too. Like doing nothing is also a risk. I agree with you. I and look and like you said, I think the Simmons thing. Simmons certainly feels like that type of guy who could look for greener pastures, as it were. Who could? Oh, if, you, if you I, don't think that, your eyes are you're, you have wool over your eyes. If you don't think that, yeah. And yeah. look, I mean, the man needs to learn how to shoot. Yes. Uh, it's just it is what it is. He has a chance to be potentially his ceiling, like the best guy he could be with a real shot is the best player in basketball if he could shoot. Like, yeah. that's the type of difference that, that he's still a top 20 guy in the game without shooting. Yeah, If he could shoot, that's it's that thing. type of difference. Good enough versus being that all-in, yeah. that championship being team. Being elite. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. All right, we got one call about the Sixers. I'm going to squeeze it in real quick. Rich in Santa Fe. Rich, you want, what do you want to say about the Sixers? Hey, just saying that I think you guys are missing the boat. I think that uh, Dario Sarge is one of your building blocks along with Embiid. If it was me, I would trade Ben Simmons. He's the guy to go. Ah, I love it, Rich. Thanks for the quick call there. That's not happening. Trade Ben Simmons. (laughs) I mean, I would trade him for Kawhi straight up. Wow. Would you really? Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Without the guarantee of him signing, you would do that? Lots of different equations. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think look, I think But I think you have a good chance. I do think they have a good chance if they get him in here. With Brett and with everything, I, I think the LA thing's getting a little bit overblown. And things we've heard. We just heard Chris Haynes on ESPN last night on yep. the jump say that I think there's a really good chance he would resign. And we heard that from uh, another reporter, can't remember his name, Jabari sorry. Young. Yeah, Jabari Young. Like, a Spurs reporter so, around the team, all that stuff. Who and knows? look, the Brett Brown thing, I think look, I think if they did take the plunge and they traded for him. I have gotten to the point with Brett Brown where I trust Brett Brown enough to believe that he would have a chance to keep him here. That he believe that he at least believes that he has a chance to keep him here. Which, like you said, BLG, it's it's everyone talks about the risk on one side, but yes. really fails to mention the risk on the other side, and that's a, a big part of it. Trey, any final thoughts before we get out of here? It's a beautiful day outside. Go enjoy it. Good work talking to the guy who has to stay on the radio for 30 more minutes. But I'm sorry. Just kidding. I'm excited. <laughs> It'll still be I nice love, when you get out. love leading off. <laughs> BLG, final thoughts? Burkan Corkmaz, baby. All right. My final thought. Go see Ant-Man and the Wasp. 
because my brother's best friend wrote it, and uh, he's an actual Hollywood movie writer. Oh, and, that's awesome. Yeah, he was a groomsman of my brother's wedding. He's like my other little brother, Andrew Bearer. When you go, you see the movie. His name is right there after director with the uh, the written. So go see it. He's also it a huge Eagles fan, a big BGN fan, reads BGN every day. So um, Andrew Bearer, support the movie. He's an Eagles fan. Yeah. Uh, that is my final thought. Uh, for Trey Thomas, for Brandon Lee Gouton, I'm James Seltzer. Thank you for listening to BGN Radio. Coming up next, a little leading off, leading up to Jim Jackson on deck, and then some Phillies Pirates after that. So stay here. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back, leading off.